This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. First of all, I just want to talk a little bit, two minutes, 20 rooms left, I'm being very honest. Um, so if you didn't book, you got to book now. Don't wait till next week, there's not going to be anything left. So we, I, my last count, when I spoke to the office before I came here, there's 20 rooms left. That's not a lot of room. So um, if you got to book, you got to book now. Call the office at um, 718-ORNAV, O-H-R-N-A-A-V. Or go online, chas v'shalom. Um, all right. So it's an amazing Shabbaton. We, 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 we did the schedule. Um, we did the schedule. And I think we have eight breakouts at a time. Daphne, how many breakouts? Eight? At a time? Six. What? Three times six. So you have 18 choices over Shabbos. That's without the speeches that are for everyone. And that's without Ask the Rabbi from 11.30 till 8 o'clock in the morning. So, Bezrat Tashem. Huh? Huh? Shabbos, yeah, no, I hope not. <laughs> I hope it won't be televised. No, no, we don't want to start with that. Right. Jack Bitton, Charlie Harari. We have a bus from Montreal. The girls, are they watching from Toronto? Toronto girls, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You're watching because Montreal is sending 35 girls on a bus, and we don't have a Toronto bus, so you still have 20 rooms. You better get on the Toronto bus. Toronto watches this year live. They're all sitting up there, they're freezing cold. You think we're cold? And they're watching this year. So thank you for watching, but uh, 20 rooms, you better book now. Okay. Um, so, Mitzvah Hashem. Next Wednesday, we have a share? We have a share next Wednesday? Please give me share. We don't want them to be like hungry, like for all the share on Shabbos. You're not supposed to eat Arab Shabbos because you're supposed to be hungry for Shabbos, yeah? You can give a share. You can right? give a share? Yeah, okay. Give a share. All right. Okay, we'll give a share. Hashem. Um, okay. So, I want to talk, well, first of all, um, this past, this past week, a very, uh, close friend of mine, Moshe Hertz, lost his son, um, in Eretz Yisrael. And, um, so we're learning tonight for Aaron, Tzvi, Ben, Moshe, Aryeh. Died very young in Eretz Yisrael. Um, very big tragedy. They found him. Um, so, I want to tell you two things that I heard by the Shiva when I was there to, to be Menachem Avo. Number one, um, Moshe, my friend, who's of course very broken, he lost a child, um, so he said to me that you know that every person has three partners in them. They have a father, a mother, and God, right? The Gemara talks about the father gives us things that have no color, the bones, the skin, and the mother gives us things that do have color, which is the organs, and Hashem gives the life. He breathes in the person the life. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, if you have two, if you have two partners, right? Let's say I'm a partner with one of the girls in this room in a piece of property upstate, right? A piece of property. And I want to go now, not, not charge her anything for it, but I want to build a fence around that property to make it worth more. It makes the, you know, it makes the field worth more. You put a fence around the whole property, it looks nicer, it's, it's fenced off, it's fenced off property. Do I have to ask that girl permission to build the fence? So the Gemara says, anytime you make something better, you don't have to ask the partner. Because why do you have to ask the partner? You're making it better. 
So you don't have to ask the partner when you make something better. So I wouldn't have to ask her. She'd be very happy. She'd go, oh, you built a, you built a fence. Very, I'm very, very happy. So my friend looked at me and he said to me, my child who passed away, um, Aroni, so I'm a partner and my wife's a partner. Hashem didn't ask my permission to take my child away. And Hashem didn't ask my wife's permission to take my child away. But if you're a partner, you have to ask permission, except when you're making something better. So it must be, if Hashem didn't ask me and my wife permission, it must be this is better for him. That's how he was macabre. That's how my friend was macabre. He says, if he's a partner and he took away without my permission, halacha is, Hashem keeps the halacha, says you can't, you can't make something better without permission. It must be that he made him better. That's how he was macabre this tragedy. But I heard another, another, he said, he told me that by the table on Shabbos, so if you sing Shiva, you're not, you're not allowed to say Torah. During while you sing Shiva, you're not allowed to say Torah. But you could say Musr. You could say things like that because that's not enjoyable. Musr is like hard to accept. He said, I want to tell you what I told over to my family. I, in my whole life, I've heard, I don't know how many Dvat Torahs, a lot. This is probably the best, I told my boys last night, this is the best, Marshall I ever heard in my whole life. And that for me to say that, that's huge. So, there was a little boy who was standing outside of a candy store. And the owner of the candy store saw this kid with his face in the window looking at all the candies in the store. So, he had a basket, a bowl of jelly beans. So, every kid loves jelly beans. He went to the window where the kid was and he said, come in the store and take some jelly beans. The kid just stood, they didn't move. He said, you can come in. You don't have to pay for it. Come in. Come in. Come in. I'll give you some jelly beans. You're a cute kid. Kid didn't move. There's something wrong with this kid. What kid doesn't want to go in the store and get jelly beans? So he went out. The owner of the store went out with his basket of jelly beans. And he goes over to the kid and he says, it's free. You can have it as much as you want. Take some jelly beans. And the kid's just standing there. He says, well, if you don't want to take jelly beans, I'll give you jelly beans. And he takes a handful and he gives it to the kid. And the kid puts his two hands together and he fills up the, the, the kid's hand plus his pockets because the man's hand, right? And he put... So he says to the kid, is this something your mother taught you that you're not supposed to take? Um, you know, only if somebody gives you? Is this like manners? Because if it's manners, I offered it to you. If I offer you something, you could take it. Kid says, no, it's not manners. It's smart. So the owner said, what's smart? What did what, what, you do that's so smart? The kid said, if I would put my hand in the jelly bean jar, I only have a teeny hand. I'd only get a few. But when you give a handful, it's a lot more jelly beans than, than if I take a handful. So my friend said that people in their lives, they... You know, they take and they grab and they think if they work hard, they're going to make a lot of money. And if they do this and if they go to college and do all this, you know, they grab, they, they, they want the, they want to grab the jelly beans. But the smart people say, no, how much can a person, we have teeny little human hands. But if a Kirsch Baruch gives us bracha, if a Kirsch Baruch gives us panasa, if a Kirsch Baruch gives us health, his hands are huge. So instead of grabbing, let him give you. That's a very interesting thing, because I'm going to tell you an interesting minute, Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur, I go to the Kaisal Vasikin. 
in the minion that I daven, they bring boxes of honey cake. First of all, it's a mitzvah to eat right after davening Arab Yom Kippur. But the reason he will not, the, the, the rabbi will not give you a piece of honey cake. He will not give you a piece of honey cake. You have to ask. You have to ask. You have to say, could I please have a piece of honey cake? Why doesn't he give it to you? He says, because without betin, when a person wants from Hashem, he has to ask. If they ask, without betin. So he gives that honey cake to everyone who asks. Of course, everybody asks. But it's the same idea. In other words, if you take it, your human hand is only so big. But if you let Hashem give it to you, shh, huge. Those are the two things that I, uh, I'd rather hear Dvar Torahs, not by Shiva, but those are the two Dvar Torahs that I heard by the Shiva. It should be Eli Nishmas, Aaron Tzvi, Ben, Moshe Aye. What? Yeah, another name? Sveta Chayabas, Rivka. Right. Yeah, I don't know her name. You know her name? Miriam Liba Bas. Big Tzadikist. I knew her very well. Big Tzadikist of Moshe Meir Weiss's wife. Always a smile. Oh, she was an amazing, amazing. Even when she was very sick. I, I know her personally. She was very, very sick last year by the or Yitzchak dinner. The Yitzchak Shabbaton. And she sat there like a princess. She was laughing. She was making jokes. She was always laughing and making making other people feel good. Yeah, she's a big Tzadikistan. We're losing our big ones. And we're losing our little ones. You have to get angry. Was that last week's share? Nobody knows what I'm talking about? That was my whole share about getting angry. Stopping it. I wasn't here last week? I only gave it to the boys. Ah... Okay. We see from here that, it's, that to say I forgot my pain and I forgot what I went through and I forgot my family, Yaga Levina was not happy, not happy putting the right hand on Menashe. But, but Ephraim was named because of Akar Satov. Because even in, in this place that he was in Mitzrayim, he was saying, even though I'm going through everything I went, thank you, Hashem, that I have children. That, that I'm that I'm multiplying in Golos. So he, he the second name of Ephraim, he focused on Hakar Satov. The first name, he focused on that I that I'm out of all this pain and stuff like that. And that's where he wanted to put his right hand. Since we, we bless our children, you simply like him Kefrayim. And then Omanasha. It should be like Ephraim. The name of Ephraim represents appreciation. Today I met with Rav Shimon Finkelman. Who was my, who was, we were co-authors in the book, Let There Be Rain on Akar Satov. Baruch Hashem today, we signed a deal to begin to write a lesson a day on Kivit of Aim. Which, which in my opinion is much greater than the other book that I wrote on Akar Satov, because Kivit of Aim is Kivit of Aim and Akar Satov. And I think it's going to change the fifth commandment. Because the lack of kibbutz of Abe in this generation has hit a peak that I don't think it ever was before. Even in Europe, where people went off the dark, whatever it was, but the covet of a parent, of not answering, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even think of ever answering a parent back. It didn't exist in my day. 
I'm only going back 50 years. It exists to answer a parent back. It, it was unheard of. Curse a parent, forget about it. But even to agree is, is, is a lack of, you know that? You're not allowed to agree with your parents? Your mother says it's raining outside, and I'll say, yeah, it is. Because that means that you agree with her. Who are you to agree with her? Who are you to argue with? Who are you to agree with her? Who are you to agree with her? She doesn't need you to agree with her. So agreeing with your parents is not given of that. We're going we're to learn a lot of new things in this book. A lot of new things. And there's a lot of new questions. When well, is we're just starting to write. It's very shy. Because in, in Hilchus Kivar of Aim, you're not you're not allowed to use your parents' name after they die or when they're alive. I'm not allowed to tell you my father's first name, even though he's not here anymore. I can't say, and when my father, his name is not Avram, right? Oh, my father Avram said that. Totally against Kivar of Aim. You're totally over. He's not even alive, right? You're never allowed to use your parents' name. People don't know. No one, no one. You, did anyone in this room ever go to school and learn Hilchus Kibbutz Avim? It's Shulchan Aruch. Nobody learns it. And for some reason, God, I, I have stories in this book that are very scary. God is so mocked on Kibbutz Avim. Huh? Mocked means very strict. Very, very. I told you a story with that whole thing when he went on the grave and he had to ask forgiveness, whatever. It's, it's crazy stuff. It's Lamani Yerichen Yomecha. Everyone thinks that if you're nice to your parents, gonna, their parents are going to live longer. No, I mean, you're going to live longer. Lamani Yerichen Yomecha. The reward is for the person who's being mechavid. And it's together with Hashem's Anech Hashem Alikecha. I want to, I want to call the book, Please, the, I, I Plead the Fifth. It's the fifth, it's, it's the fifth of the, of the Ten Commandments. I think Uman wasn't so whatever, but we'll see. Very, very important. So we're just starting to write it. It usually takes about nine months, something like that. But I think it's a game changer. We're going to try to get it into all the schools. People really don't know. Either, it's one of the hardest mitzvahs to keep. It's one of the hardest mitzvahs to keep. And it says, how can you do that? How can you do that? How can you, if your mother came and slapped you in the face in front of everyone, the embarrassment, and says, just think about Hashem. It may not be fear, and I didn't ask to come here, and I didn't ask to be my mother, and I didn't choose her. It all doesn't help. It doesn't work. Kivod of the aim is a malacha. It's hard. Not all of us have parents that are nice. Some of them are dysfunctional, but if Hashem put you there, you have to give them respect. And there's a lot of halachas in that that people have no idea. If they take, if they take your money, your wallet, and throw it into the ocean... They have to pay you back the money that you lost, but you can't say a word. They owe you the money. It's Geneva. They owe you the money. There are three things you don't have to listen to. One, who you marry. It's like, I'm not coming to your wedding, and you're not marrying that boy, and you're allowed to marry him, and who cares if they come to the wedding or not. It's an interesting thing in Shulchan Aruch, but that's one of them. The other one is, if you want to go learn somewhere, boys to yeshiva, but it's in a dangerous city. And your mother goes, if you go there and learn, I'm not going to sleep. You know what, Israel, I'm not going to sleep. Allah says, if you're going to learn better, then you don't have to listen. And the third thing is, they don't like a family, and they tell you, we don't want you to talk to the Schwartzes. We don't want my kids to talk to the Schwartzes. We don't like them. You don't have to listen. And then, of course, any Avera. Don't eat, keep Shabbos, eat tray for any of that stuff.
You don't have to listen. But everything else, you have to listen. They drop something, you have to pick it up. You can't ask your mother to pass you the salt. There's going to be a mind-opening book, I can tell you that much. You can't say, Ma, can you pass me the ketchup? You're not allowed to use your parents to pass you anything. Who knows that? Ma, can I get the soda, please? Just If you could bring that to me. You, are you right? Keep it up, man. Can't say it. Right, yeah, yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. It's going to be a game changer. A lot of people are not going to buy the book because they don't want to know. I'm not allowed to ask you. No. The mother says to me, right. Because Ma, I'm not allowed to ask I'm not allowed to ask you. Very, very, uh, yeah, so people who answer back, forget about it. Answer back. Answer back your parents. And for some reason, because it's based on Hakar Satov, there's some very interesting chapters, because because if it's based on a Satov, right, it's not. It is and it's not. Because it's based on a Satov, who told you to give birth to me? Hakar Satov means, thank you for being mean to the world. I'm having, I'm depressed. I'm having a tough life. I wish I wouldn't have been here. So Ma, I don't owe you anything. You brought me to this miserable world and I'm, 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 not, I'm having a miserable time. So why do I have a Satov to you? So it's in the book. It's, it's all ass. It's all... Can you text them something nasty? Is texting considered talking? Can you WhatsApp them something nasty? Is that over? Are you over? Is it is it the nastiness or it's the debor? Because the Torah says the halacha is you can't talk, you can't say anything to them. But what happens if you text it to them? So that's new stuff. That's not stuff that's in the shulchan aruch. Okay. I'm not. I'm not telling you. You're not going to buy the book. We're actually, we're actually have a list of questions that we're going to rub on them. So, I think everyone's going to be buying it. I don't think any of the kids are going to be buying it. I think all the parents are going to be buying it for their kids. And you have Kibbutz of Aim for your grandparents. And what nobody knows is, there's a luck of Kibbutz of Aim for your oldest sibling. It's also in there. It's also in there. A child's adopted. Do they have a chiyav It's all in there. Mitzvah Hashem. So it's an exciting book. In Mitzvah Hashem, we, we hope we started today. We started today. My Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel, wrote a whole sefer on on Yichus Kibbutz Avim. It's a very big mitzvah, and it's. Uh, I know people that were very, my father Oliver Shalom, and father Oliver Shalom never let his mother go to Eretz Yisrael without him going to the airport. To see her off. He would sit there. Never ever did she come back to Israel and he didn't pick her up or leave to Israel and he didn't sit with her until she got on the plane. His kibbutz, my father's kibbutz was not normal. I remember he was sitting in Florida. He was in Florida in the winter. And my grandmother was going to Israel. So he took a flight from Miami to New York in Kennedy, went to the business class where my grandmother was sat with her, got, got benched, which is a whole different story, the, this week's Pasha, like getting benched, put her on the plane, got on a plane, flew back to Miami. So he flew four hours to be with his mother for half an hour, went back to Miami, continued his vacation. Crazy in Kivit Avey. It was very mocked in Kivit Avey. Anyway, so it's happening. It's, you, 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 you'll read it and it'll change your life. Mitzvah
Okay, you all want to live, want to live long, right? So, buy a book and you live long. It's amazing. We'll sell it as a, as a book on how to live long. All right. Anyway, so I don't know how I got to that because because Yosef Atzadi came to his father. Yosef Atzadi had big You know that it says that that he didn't. You don't see anywhere Yaakov Avinu lived for seventeen years in Mitzrayim, and you don't see anywhere in the Torah that Yosef went to visit him till he was till they, the, the Mitzrayim came to Yosef and said, your father's very sick, and he's dying, and that's when he went to visit him. He didn't see his father for 22 years. His father finally comes out to Mitzrayim, and he's not hanging out every day learning with him? Because he knew that he's going to go to his father, and he's going to say, by the way, what really happened to you? And then he's going to have to tell them. So as much as he loved his father, he stayed away from him for 17 years. And now his father's very sick. So as far as busy with benching them, whatever it is, he wasn't going to ask them. He was unbelievable to his brothers. Which brings me to the end of Pashat Vayichi this week. The end of Pashat Vayichi, I talk about this every year. Whoever, who goes to Shul in this room? Anyone go to Shul? Shabbos? So you're going to hear Chazak Chazak Minis Chazay this week. And you know it's a fast day tomorrow, right? Starts at 6.20. Asher B'Tavis. Most people don't know about this fast. I'm not telling you you have to fast. Whatever you usually do, whatever your halach is, whatever your family does, but tomorrow is a fast day. You want to know the times? I'll give you the times. I'll take out my, my smartphone. This is my smartphone. Somebody sent me a text on the times for all the girls that want to eat before the fast starts. Let's see. It is... See, that's what phones are for. Okay, where are you? Oh, here we go. Fast starts at 6.20 a.m. and ends at 5.07. 6.20 and 5.07. Okay. Yeah, well, if you get up and you have a coffee at 6 o'clock, so how much are you fasting already? It's a very short fast. It's what the fast means. Anyway. What? His bris was on a fast day, so it was... He saved a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Um, last pasuk in Pashas Vayichi. So Pashas Vayichi talks about life. Word Vayichi talks about life. Adam. Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam. You know this from the Psukim. How do you know this from the Psukim? Last week's Pasha Vayigash. So it's called a, this week's called a Pasha Stuma. Pasha Stuma means that normally between two Pashios, there's a space. So Vayigash ends, space, Vayichi. Shemos ends, right? Space, Vayera. So that we can see the difference between the two Pashas. This week is the only time that the Pashas have no space. The end of Vayigash, the beginning of Ayichi, there's no space. It's called a Pasha Stuma. It's closed. Because Yaakov Avinu wanted to tell his children when Mashiach was going to come, and Hashem closed his, his um, Ruch HaKodesh, and also the, when Yaakov died, the Jew, the, the Shvatim felt very closed in the Shibut already. They lost their father, they lost their leader. So that's why it's, called, it's closed. But it's very fascinating. How do you know that Yaakov was Adam. 
if you look at the Pasha Stuma, so the last word in last week's Pasha is Vayifru Vayirbu Ma'od. They multiplied very much. This week's Pasha, which is connected to last week's Pasha because there's no separation, it says Vayichi Yaakov and Yaakov lived in the land of Mitzrayim, Shvayashvayishana, 17 years. If you take the word Ma'od, Mem Aleph Dalid, and scramble the letters, it spells Adam. Now let's read the words that are close together. Adam Vayichi Yaakov. Adam lived through Yaakov. That's, there's no separation. So it's Adam Vayichi Yaakov. Adam lived through Yaakov. Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam. Okay? And we come to the end of the parsha. The end of the parsha is very sad. Vayamas Yosef ben Meyav Eshashanim. Yosef died 118 years. Vayichantu also, they mummified him. Vayisem ba'orayim in Mitzrayim. And they put him in a coffin in Mitzrayim. That's it. Horatius is over, ladies. Every one of the men in Shul scream. He died? They put him in a coffin in Mitzrayim? Yay! Chazak, chazak, chazak. Everybody be strong. This is a very sad pasuk. How could chazak, chazak come after such a pasuk? Now you need to know something else. If you look up the last pasuk of every chap, of every book in the Torah, in the last book of Shemos, in the last pasuk of Shemos, it says the word Yisrael. In the last pasuk of Vayikra, the book of Vayikra, it says the word Yisrael. In the last pasuk, in the book of Bamidbar, it says the word Yisrael. And in the last pasuk in Devarim, Ule'enei Ko Yisrael, it says the word Yisrael. The only place it doesn't say the word Yisrael is in the book of Horatius. And it could have said it because there was a Yisrael, there was Yaakov was named Yisrael. Instead of saying Yisrael, the last pasuk in Bereshus, the creation of the world, the first book of the world, it says Mitzrayim. Why? In every book it ends up with Yisrael, which I would expect. And in the book of Bereshus, it ends up with Mitzrayim. This is a very important lesson for all of us. And I said it over when by the Shivu because... Sometimes, not sometimes, always death is a very painful, tragic, and not a happy thing. And all the bad things and trauma that we go through in our life is very hard to understand why we go through it. Why would you end the last Pasuk in Bereshis with Yosef died and they buried him in a coffin in Mitzrayim? And why are you writing that they buried him in a coffin? It doesn't say by anyone that died. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, Yaakov, all of them. It doesn't say they put him in a coffin. Why are we here to say they put him in a coffin? Who cares? They put him in a coffin. They didn't put him in a coffin. He died. But Yavos Yosef, Yosef died. Mummified him, put him in a coffin, left him in the tribe. What's going on over here? Two things. I remember when I learned this shot, I was... So excited about who Yosef Atzadik was. He gave up everything for his brothers. They heard him. Um, I wasn't here last week. I said over oh, this to Torah last week. It t- totally blew me away. 
it says that when he sent his brothers away from Mitzrayim, after he said, I need Yosef, that he gave every one of the brothers, except for Binyamin, he got five, every one of the brothers got a new suit of clothing. What's the word exactly? He gave them a change of clothing. So the Chazal asked, what's the, what does it mean? He gave them a change of clothing. He gave them clothing. What's a change of clothing? So he brings down that when he put the silver cup in Binyamin's sack, when they opened all the sacks and they found the silver cup in Binyamin's sack, they realized they're in big trouble. They, they rise kriya, like when someone dies, they rip their clothing. So Yosef HaTzadik, whose brothers took his Ksenis Pasim, the special clothing that he had, ripped it off him, threw him into a pit without any clothing, took his his Ksenis Pasim, ripped it, put it in the blood. Because he caused their clothing to be ripped, he said, I owe you a new suit. After they did all that to him, he forgave them, and he said, you know what? I caused your clothing to be ripped, I owe you a new suit. You have to understand who he was. I owe you a new suit? You took my Ksenis Pasim, that, that my father made for me, you ripped it. And now I have to worry that, I, that you ripped your clothing? And the answer is yes. He, sa- he said, and that's why it's called a Khalifa, an exchange. I'm exchanging the good clothing for, your, for, the bad, for the clothing that you ripped. That's how sensitive he was. So at the end of time, he also wanted to be buried in Eretz Yisrael like Yaakov. But he realized that if the Jewish people have no hope in Mitzrayim, they're going to fall apart. So what he said is, I know that I'm going to go to Eretz Yisrael. Because I know that Hashem's going to take us out of Mitzrayim. Oh, it's great. You're going to get buried in Eretz Yisrael. We're going to be stuck in Mitzrayim. Put your money where your mouth is. So Yosef said, yeah, okay. I'm going to be buried in Mitzrayim because I know that one day I'm going to be in Eretz Yisrael. So as long as you see my Aron in Mitzrayim, you know that just like I'm going to be saved, you're going to be saved. So he was willing to suffer to be buried in Mitzrayim for all 210 years that Klai Yisrael was in Mitzrayim because he wanted to give them hope. And, and these, this is the Klai Yisrael that hurt him. The brothers that hurt him. So the last Pasuk is talking about the greatness of Yosef. That I want you to be able to say, don't worry, kids. Yosef's still here. And we know that Yosef's going to Eretz Yisrael. So as long as he's here... We know that we're going to get out. If he's not here, then he's going to show. Who knows if we're going to ever get out? That's one. That's one Zvatayra that he brings. He happens to bring this down here. How were the Jewish people able to withstand the harsh Egyptian exile? Answers the Torah because Yosef was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Yosef, the dear leader of the Jewish people, who had sustained and supported them in times of hunger, had not deserted them. He did not choose to spend the afterlife after he dies in a holy place where he personally enjoyed a greater degree of divine radiance. No. Even after his passing, Yosef wanted to be physically with his people, even if it meant being buried in Mitzrayim until the day when God will surely remember you and you should take my bones out of here. To understand who he was. He was, he, he was. he was able to forgive 
the great pain that was given to him. But that's one pshat. But this is the pshat that I want to say. The greatest pasuk in the whole Bereshis is the saddest pasuk in the whole Bereshis. Because in the end of the day, why did Hashem create the world? So that the Jewish nation should be able to go to Eretz Yisrael and get, to go to Hasinai and get the Torah. Otherwise, there's no reason for the world. If the Jews would stop learning Torah, Hashem would destroy the world. The last pasuk that says the word Mitzrayim instead of the word Yisrael, if Yosef HaTzadik girls would not have been buried in Mitzrayim, in a aron, in a coffin, when we came to the Yam, the Yam said, I will not split. Jewish nation was in the 49th level, they serve Avayi Zara, and the Egyptians serve Avayi Zara. Why should I split? I was not created to split. I am an ocean. So to split, you want a nace. What's a nace, a miracle? is when you break the Teva. Right? When you break the Teva. I'm not doing it. And the, the Malachim, there was a big problem. They were stuck. We were behind, in front of us was an ocean, and behind us were, these, were the Egyptians. Hayam Rav The ocean saw something and it ran and it split. Ma Rahayam, what did the, the Major says, what did the Yam see? Arainai Show Yosef. The coffin of Yosef. So, coffin of Yosef. The answer is because Yosef Atzadik broke his nature when he ran away from Potiphar's wife and broke his nature with his brothers and didn't take revenge. And because of that, the Yam was forced to split. And because the Yam split, the Jewish nation went through the Yam. And by going through the Yam, they got to Hasina. By going to Hasina, they got the Torah. So, the last word in Bereshit, which is Mitzrayim, is what saved us. Had he, be, had he been buried in Israel, in Shechem, when we came to the Yam, we would not have a Roy Shal Yosef. The Yam would not have split. The Egyptians would have wiped us and decimated us out. And there would have been no Hasinai. So we're saying, Chazak, Chazak, that the worst word and the worst possible in the Torah, we realize ends up being the best word. And that's a lesson for all of us. That many times, a person doesn't get to see it. And a person goes through tragedy. And doesn't realize that had the Amuna to understand that sometimes the things that look the worst, this is terrible. The last word in Bereshit is Mitzrayim. That's like the worst word that can end the, end the Bereshit. The answer is no. Mitzrayim is the best word because if he wasn't in Mitzrayim, the opposite would have never split. And that's why we get up this week and say, Chazak, Chazak, Minis Chazak. Be strong because even the bad things in your life there's a purpose to There's one more thing I want to say. I don't have the safer here with me. I said it last night. And he talks about, it talks about Shidduchim. So, I don't remember the name of the rabbi. But he was a very big tzaddik. And he talks about what's called the Shtar Mechila. When, when, when two people get divorced, you don't need a Shtar Mechila. But when two people are engaged and it's a broken engagement, both have to be moichal each other. So he brings down a story of this very big tzaddik. I don't, I don't, if you listen to last night's show, you'll hear the name. But he was a very, very big tzaddik. And he, 
was a rub of a town, a famous town. And he went to another town far away, and he had a heart attack, and he died. And they buried him in the graveyard, because you can't keep a dead body, Jewish dead body, they buried him in the graveyard. When the town that he came from, he was the Rav, heard about it, they said, that's not a place for him. He was the Rav of our town. We're going to take out the body and bury it by us. They went to the Chassam Seifer, I believe. And they said to him, we have to get a heter to take out the, in turn to take out the body. Chassam Seifer said, I can't answer you. Give me till tomorrow, I'll answer you. That night, Chassam Seifer had a dream. And the, the Rav who died came to him in the dream and said, you can't move my body. If you, you can't move my body because Hashem, the reason I died in this other town is I had to be buried next to this girl. I'm buried next to a girl because I broke up the shidduch for this girl and she was, she was never Michael me. And Shemayim, Bezin Shemayim was said, you have to, you have to, you have to die and now you have to die, but you have to be buried next to her. And he woke up and he sent the Chavar Kadisha to the other, place to look. Is there a, is the, is the rub buried next to a girl? And they looked, they packed a buried next to a girl who died young from a broken heart, whatever it is. And, and they, they weren't allowed to move the body. So it's very, very scary and girls have to be just as careful as boys that, that if someone breaks an engagement or even in dating, not to hurt someone. Be very careful that you don't hurt them and that, that the way that you break up and that they're that that they're meichel you. I have done some some shtam achilos. Um, there was a girl that a boy came to me. He was single um, for a long time, and he asked me if I could give a shtam achila to a girl that I knew that was already married for like ten years, had like four or five kids. I said, "What do you need a shtam achila for?" She's she's very happy. She has a husband. She's happy. You got the problem. You're still single. Um. He said, I went to a big, a big Makubal, he said, you hurt a girl, and she was never Mechliyu, you're never going to get married. So I went to Florida, and I gave her the Shtar Mechila, and she said to me, Mechila, I'm like, I'm married, I got a whole family. I'm like, you have to be Mechil him, for what, they, that he hurt you when, when he broke up your engagement. And she was Mechil when he got married, like within a, within a year. So it's a very big thing, you have to be very careful not, people think in dating you can do whatever you want. I said no, whatever. It has to be done correctly, and if someone breaks up a shidduch, they have to get both sides have to get a shtar mechila. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I don't know why it came. No, I don't know why it came up, but it must have come up for a reason because I wasn't looking for it. And it's in the it's in the the sefer Leinu Shabayach on this week's parsha, and he writes about it in the, in the sefer Leinu Shabayach. So you know, being that I'm a public speaker, it must be that. The, somebody's not careful about this, and you have to be very careful about it. That if you hurt somebody's feelings, specifically in Shidduchim, between a boy and a girl, you have to make sure. Again, the girl doesn't have to ask Mechila, you send the Shtar Mechila. Because you're going to start again, then the guy's going to be like, why, what, where, maybe we can go out again, it's going to be a whole big Misa. So that's not the way to do it. You just write a Shtar Mechila, you ask for Mechila, I didn't mean to hurt you, whatever it is. It's very, very, very important. I know people who didn't have children, and Big, big tzaddikim said, did you ever hurt someone in Shiduchim or break or something like that and you didn't get mechila? Go get mechila from that person and after that they had children. Hashem is very makbid in bin al Mechavero. Well, that's what we get into Kibbut Avein, but it's very makbid on how you treat it. For some reason in dating, it's like I said, no, 
whatever. No, if it hurt the person, they thought they're getting engaged, and you're like, you know, we could be friends, but I don't want to ever marry you. You know, that's not... It has to be done very carefully and very sensitively. And if it's... For some reason, I saw it in Elena Shabbat in this week's Pasha. Somebody out there who's listening, who might have, whether it's a boy or a girl, who might have hurt somebody, you can't just say, well, it was Shiduchim. So Shiduchim, you know, you, I was dating. No, it's, it's not, there's no such thing. Every, every, you have to be very sensitive to every person's needs. Anyway, give a bracha to everyone, uh, just like uh, this week's Pasha Vayichi, that talks about life, ends with Chazak, Chazak, Minis Chazak. Everybody should be Benis Chazek. And we'll see you all, Mitzvah Shem, in one week. Pasha Shmos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.